And welcome to, a little bit late, another Majesty post-coronation, post-Meghan and Harry. I am Christo, live from London, and she is... Kenzie Schofield, live from Los Angeles. Christo, um, we've been, you know, our, our schedules are, we've been a bit of divas lately. We've been, I would even say, Meghan Markle's lately in regards to our schedule, but boy, does that give us a lot to talk about today. We have so much to discuss because, you know, yes, we saw each other during the coronation. Let's do that recap. But I haven't talked to you since this big car chase and I can't wait to see what you have to say about it. You've neglected me. Let's, let's, just, let's just call it as it is, Kinsey. You have, you have neglected me. You have been moving in these royal circles. I am nothing but a mere Prince Andrew to your King Charles. Oh my gosh, that is that that's is what I am. You've ever said to me, "There's no way you're a Prince Andrew. You're definitely an Edward." <laughs> I'm an Edward. I'm, I'm tossed aside. Not no, a, but Edward's, Edward's got quite a good role now. Edward's Edward. become eighteen. Yeah, Ed, Edward is though. Okay, I'm going to say this with love okay. about Edward before we move on to everything else. But is he okay? He has lost a lot of weight lately and I don't say that trying to be unkind or anything like that but I, I hope he's all right I hope the strain of everything um if you look at photos of Edward from a year or two ago and now he is extremely uh, uh thin in comparison and I just hope he's okay you know that's a really good point I have thought about that you know I've, I've thought about oh he looks he looks like he's aging to me. I don't know if I thought sick, but I thought, oh, he's starting to look more like Prince Philip. Maybe he's starting to look more like his elderly parents. But you know what I was recently shocked about was just how stunning, absolutely stunning their babies are. You know, I think uh, it was like an awkward phase that they went through, but you know, I recently we were looking at pictures of the kids and thought, Oh my gosh, this is the next generation we need to worry about. And not really yeah. super good kids, but boy, are they beautiful. They're good looking kids. But but if you look at, uh, I'll repeat again, look at photos of him. He has lost a lot of weight. And I don't know whether it's strain of the last year. He's but lost I, I, his parents recently. I'm sure that that's got to be, and, and he, they've taken on a lot of work. I would consider them in the senior royal fold i think that they're yeah. you know, we talk about charles tightening up the royal lineup and edging people out i think they're on the insides you know i, so I think i think that that's a, a really uh fair comment i think you're absolutely right he's had a really strange year uh he's working really hard it's interesting the point that princess anne who we love let's just take a moment to love princess anne okay. thank you we love anne but she gave that interview um, around the coronation to the Canadian news network, CBC. And she was saying about answering questions about the slimmed down monarchy. And she made a really good point. She said the monarchy's already slimmed down. Yeah. You know, Charles is slimmed down monarchy. It's happened. You know, yeah. the, the, uh, my mother is gone. The Queen is gone. Uh, Prince Philip is gone. Prince Andrew doesn't really do anything anymore. Harry and Meghan are gone. So this idea that Charles needs to come up with a slimmed down monarchy um they're they're already slimmed down can i just while we're on the topic of canadian television call out somebody that was so horrible during the coronation oh who's that let me pull out my phone i like i was so i was so um sneaky christo this man during the you know um 
when, when everybody was coming on the balcony, I was trying to get a good view. And at the at Buckingham Palace, they had all of these stairs erected. And I was on some of those stairs in the pouring rain, just trying to get my good view. And some guy who had no authority whatsoever came and kicked us off the stairs. Cause of course they're supposed to be functioning stairs. Um, but I have, you know, I'm, and I'm terrified of getting in trouble by anybody. So I got, I immediately got off the stairs, even though this individual had no authority. So I go over to the left side, the far left side of the Buckingham Palace media setup, just to try to get a glimpse of the balcony. The family's all about to come out and I step on a step. I'm not trying to get in anyone's way. I'm actually being very considerate about everything. And this man says to me, oh no, you don't. And I said, I'm sorry, what? Like, I'm scared. I'm soaking wet. I'm just trying to get, I've you know, flown uh, uh, half the world to see this event. And this man with a, you know, a, he doesn't have an accent to me is like, oh no, you don't. And I, I was like, what? And he goes, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get in my way so you can get the shot. And I said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, that's not the case. I just stepped a little closer to you than I was before. And so he I said, who are you with? You know, like I was trying to be friendly, but I think he knew that I was trying to get his information because I couldn't believe how nasty he was being. And he was like, I'm with this guy, but wouldn't tell me who he worked with. So I then I said to the guy next to him, who are you with? All like friendly. And he was like, um, and he didn't want to tell me who he was with because I think he was embarrassed of this guy's, you know, actions. And so then I get into a tent to do a hit. And I realized this guy, because none of those tents uh, were solo, which was bizarre. All of those tents had like share correspondence in them. So if you were watching from TV, you could hear so much going on. And so yeah. I my tent getting ready to do a hit. And I see that this guy is working in the tent, you know, in the same tent right next to us. So I say to one of the photogs, recognize that man is he I know I've seen him on TV before and he's like oh that's Paul Workman um he's the CTV uh you know our correspondent in in London for CTV Christo I have not done a CTV hit since then I could not believe how just nasty and hateful this person was this is supposed to be like a joyous occasion I'm a young person there, clearly excited about seeing something for the first time. I, you know, you'd think that like I was trying to step in front of him at a funeral or something. So, you know, like something so serious. It was so meaningful. What does this like 60 year old guy? Why is it? Why is he upset that I need that? I might block his view for three seconds. I oh, yeah. Also have some manners and just say oh excuse me sorry really important i get this shot so um uh, would you mind just making sure that you you don't block my path how about just saying it like that yeah but he wasn't recording anything he was standing there as a bystander yeah well he sounds like um not a very nice man i'm just looking at him on twitter actually and uh yeah he's on twitter uh as paul ctv so there you go i just oh, went yeah. to his ctv uh page uh, with more than 30 years' experience in Canadian journalism, well, certainly not that experience in manners, Workman has covered a multitude of national and international news events, reporting from locations throughout Canada, the US, Europe and Asia. Um, starting in 2009, he led CTV's extensive coverage of news events in the US as Washington 
Euro chief. Uh, he's been in Jerusalem. He's been in Paris. He won the Gemini Award in 1997 for best reportage category and has been recognised with six Gemini nominations for reporting. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I 1997. I wonder if that's as important as Megan's Women of Vision Award. Yeah, well, 1997. He's not been recognised for anything since 1997, bless him. So no wonder he's in a bad mood. <laughs> I just think, like, especially, I just know how you are with people that, you know, when you're, I've seen you in a professional setting, you are just thrilled to be in the mix. You are excited by the environment. You know, it's, I just think, like, how disappointing to see. And it's almost like with some of this, the older generation and I can say it because I work in the industry, it does feel like sometimes with the older generation, they feel like they can be a bully because they're older than you or they are a dude. And um, I just thought it was so disappointing. And I just wanted to see the, I just wanted to see the family on the balcony. <laughs> like I well, was it's, And, it, and it's, it, it's, it's when you're reporting, especially in that kind of environment where everyone's jostling for a shot and everything like that, honey is, sweeter than vinegar if you ask someone nicely and they refuse well then you give them the hairdryer horrible treatment but you're quite right in a professional environment just kind of be nice just be nice that's all and then uh, you know and if someone doesn't and then you know if they don't move when you've been nice then you know that they're idiots but right. if you're not nice to start with then you'll never know so yeah we don't like him and uh, <laughs> uh, i'm sorry that you had that experience but thank goodness he wasn't british now we must recap the coronation i was in the middle of trafalgar square um, I found myself in the middle of some of the anti-royal protesters, I have to say, which was um, a bit bizarre. But it was lovely to be there. You know what I love the most? I mean, you were prime position outside the palace. But I absolutely loved just being among people who had just come into London, many of whom couldn't get the vantage point in Trafalgar Square, because actually when the procession for the coronation went past, it was only in the 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 southern eastern uh, corner of Trafalgar Square where there you could see the gold carriage and the like go past but people just wanted to be there people just wanted to be nearby I met so many people in the pub I ended up in the Admiralty pub um, for quite a lot of the time and people just were so happy to be nearby and it was just and it was in the rain as well and it was just so typically British I loved it um, so did you see anyone arrested? Because I thought that was kind of a big deal, that some of those people were arrested just for the idea of considering starting trouble. Yeah, I think that that was misjudged. Um, I think that that um, you should have the right to uh, protest. And I think that, OK, the devil's in the detail with some of this. Yeah. And OK, there were people who were arrested with rape alarms, for instance. Now, I, although I think that, you know, if you're handing out a rape alarm to a woman, that's a, that's obviously a very good thing. But the, the issue is, though, that um, how would the police have been treated had those alarms been allowed to be set off when the horses were going past and if they'd got in the hands of people who didn't have good intentions? So you, the police were probably under immense pressure that the world would be watching this event. And if anyone ended up running in the path of the horses, setting something off, doing anything like that, then that's all anyone would talk about. And we would be a laughing stock as a nation. If Just Stop Oil glued themselves to the path of the, of the procession, if anything like that happened. So the police were probably in heavy-handed mode. And I have some sympathy for that because 
if they if they had been disruption, we'd be talking about nothing else and tearing them to shreds. Where I think they were completely wrong was this idea of arresting people that had like placards in a van. Like holding up placards is fine. Uh, handing out placards is fine. Um, that was a, an arrest, I think, with the intent to disturb. There was also the story, the really awful story of the woman who was a real royalist who travelled up to London on her own, happened to be stood next to the people from from Republic who were arrested. She was thrown in the van at the same time. She kept saying, I've nothing to do with this, was taken down to the police station, kept there all day, was eventually released when it was all over. And she'd literally just come up to London. It was a young woman who was just a fan and uh, didn't get to see any of it because she would spend the time in a police cell. That was ridiculous. So I think... Some of it, I have a bit of sympathy for the police, but but those people who wanted to actually protest should have been allowed to. Um, I, I'm surprised we're going to spend a lot of time talking about police this podcast episode, but we'll get to Harry and Megan in a little bit. Um, anything, what were your highlights of the coronation? Uh, my highlights were the moment that the crown was placed on his head. That just, I put a big smile on my face. I don't know why, it's just such a, it is the moment, isn't it? Right. It's just that moment. But you know, one of my favourite moments wasn't actually the correlation itself. It's when you look on Instagram or when you look on some of the websites and you see um, pictures of Queen Elizabeth II in 1953 at her coronation, and then you see a photo of Charles at his, and they are in exactly the same position, wearing exactly the same crown, and that real sense of continuation of uh, of legacy of it just consistency of unity of those things you know 70 years on the same thing happens and I, I love that I think that that's one of the reasons that royal watchers like you know that's one of our guilty pleasures is is seeing that tradition and that history carry on I'm gonna admit to ignorance I I, I was under the impression that the king could use whatever crown he wanted. You know, the same way that Camilla, no. the same way that Camilla chose her crown. I was like, I thought the I thought the king was like, yeah, you know what? I'd like to wear the same crown as my mom. Um, but the reality is, is that that is the you know the crown, the chosen crown that he has to wear. But I did, I I did say something. Well, there are two, there are two crowns. There's not just the one crown. There are two crowns. So the first crown. Well, I'm talking the, about the St. Edward's crown is the one that I was under the impression that was just that that was his chosen that he chose because I was like, oh, that's so sweet that he chose to wear his mother's crown. That's so sweet. <laughs> no, that's the St. Edward crown, which was the crown named after the version made for Edward the Confessor, which was one of the, the parts of the the uh, crown jewels, the original crown jewels in 1220. Um that that got melted down and yeah. so the similar one was made for king charles uh worn by edward but even grander and so that's the only time in his life he'll wear that crown and then that then he changed into a, a, a which you'll know the sort of day-to-day -day crown right the, oh, yeah. the working have... crown yeah well so i was like you know i i so that was i think my highlight was probably prince william's kiss um, oh, that was a beautiful moment. That was such a lovely, lovely moment. And of course, Harry's scowl. Did oh you see God. Harry's scowling on? 
Well, I um I somebody sent it to me and I will I will have to go back and watch it just unedited to make sure it's not and it was so funny because their caption was like, I promise it's not AI. And I was like, well, that's aggressive. But someone sent me a screenshot and it makes it look like Charlotte is looking back at Harry during that moment. And if that yeah. is true, I'm deceased. So but I'm also, I, isn't it? No, I don't know whether this is deliberate, but it is brilliant that um uh, the at the Queen's funeral didn't they end up behind a candle, and then in this uh, in this Harry ended up behind uh, uh, Princess Anne's feather. You <laughs> never gets a good view, bless him. It's just too good. It's too good. But um, uh, conflicting like conflicting feelings. I was talking to an American outlet here and they were like, Harry looked so defeated. I can't believe he got the cheap seats. I was like, I thought Harry looked fine. I thought he looked happy when he walked in. I, he was joking with the archbishop. I thought that Harry was fine. You know, I, 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 I think he looked okay when he came in, but I think that he was clearly going through the motions. He didn't want to be there. He left after, uh, as soon as it finished, he was with back in Heathrow within, um, 30 minutes apparently i read this on like i don't know if it's true because it was something written on insta but apparently he had his phone on speakerphone in the uh in oh, the don't, oh don't repeat this i know what you're gonna say that's about about only being allowed one drink yeah no i don't i really don't know that i highly doubt i feel like we would have seen that more than one place if that was true because i saw that too and it made me laugh but yeah that... if, if, if anyone doesn't know someone wrote on instagram that they'd overheard harry on speakerphone in the departure lounge on the phone to megan and megan told him he was only allowed one drink on yes. the plane um but i mean knowing harry he was probably doing a bong in the toilets Oh my God. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I feel like that would be, if that was true, the star, the Daily Star, the Express, everybody would have been all over that because that's a, that good. But no, um, you're quite right. We are, we are right to be cynical of uh, those things. And of course, um, and it wasn't it nice that Megan chose to take a walk on the day of the coronation as well, especially with her hatred of the paparazzi. It was the day after, but yeah, with her, all of that jewelry on, I think it, with all of her, with all, you know, millions of dollars worth of jewelry on and it was, you know, I, I just, I of course think that that was an intentional, but you and I spoke for in great detail about how we felt like she would do something to distract from the coronation in some way, shape or form. And, um, you know, Megan, has signed with the new agency, William Morris Endeavor. I think that they're vicious. I think that they're uh, aggressive. And I think we're already seeing some of it. If you look at some of the headlines that have come out over the last few weeks, it does feel like somebody's going after the Wales family um, harder than they have been going, have to, harder than they've been gone after in quite some time. And I wonder- so, uh, why, why do you think- what do you think that is? I mean, what, what would be your examples of the? Um, well, I don't know if you. I don't know how much time you spend on TikTok since it's like, you know, hell on earth. I don't like to spend a lot of time on it. And again, I I told you this offline, but I just spoke to an astrologer who said that she does believe that Harry and Meghan are behind the William and Rose rumors recirculating on TikTok so aggressively. And she says that William has not cheated on his wife and which is something I've heard too. Um, you know, the, the story is, and Robert Lacey came out and said that, th that this was a made up story. Somebody made up this story. There's no truth to it. You, you know, I think, I actually think that Rose's husband was recently honored by the palace somehow. So that would be strange if there was a relationship there but 
you're seeing a lot of these affair rumors recirculating on social media. And I wonder how much that is a part of this strategy to elevate Megan, because to elevate Megan, you've got to make Kate the bad guy for some reason. Well, that that does play into, I don't know about those. I, I'm not on TikTok and I'm proud to say, but yeah. um, I, I do think that, that it would make sense that um that there was uh some of these rumors you know terrible rows between them their marriage isn't all sweet all of these sorts of things and you know it does end up being this this battle but of course let's not forget that aside because of course they would vehemently deny that there are any issues in their marriage and i would be, be inclined to agree but and let's not forget as well that the the rumors about the children making them late for the coronation and all this sort oh, of stuff. But let's not forget that, what let, that let, was. That was Omid. That was Omid trying to get a retweet. Whatever. Yeah, that was that was Omid Scobie. Um, and uh, less said about him, the better. But also the let's not forget as well that the statement that was that was some of the statements that were in the Telegraph article that were mysteriously changed, and this was the Telegraph scoop that Charles and Meghan Markle had written to each other, though uh, we spoke about this in the previous podcast, which is uh, also dropping at the same time as this one, and some of those changes to oh, those no, articles... Oh, no, earlier, don't worry, they know what we're talking about. Yeah, and some of the changes to that article, let's not forget as well, that they were happy to keep the things in there that they were playing second fiddle to to, to Kate and William. Yeah. So they certainly still have this level of bitterness if they were behind these changes. And we don't know for sure that they were, though it seems strange that the Telegraph sort of published five different versions of an article. Um, it would play into that sort of narrative that, that Kate and William need to be the bad guys for us to be the good guys. And again, just read Spare. I mean, ye gods, it's just a it's just a winch fest about William and Kate for you know Camilla for you know five hundred pages. Uh, he got a lot of pages out of that one, which of course brings us to where we are now with Harry and Meghan and this crazy alleged two-hour car chase. Now, I was on television earlier today and have taken a great deal of stick for saying that. I don't believe this constant narrative of victimhood. I'm not sure I believe that there was this car chase, but that also let's assume that there was an absolutely insane level of press interest. Um, you can't have it both ways. You cannot look to commercialise your life through books, documentaries, interviews, and all of these things to whip up press interest and then get annoyed that there's press interest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that it was highly exaggerated by the couple. It was two hours of Harry not wanting them to go to their location because he was, you know, insistent that the photographers not know that where they were staying, despite the fact that the photographers already knew where they were staying. Um, you know, it's it's not a chase. It's two hours of people following you around, Harry, driving aimlessly because you refuse to allow the photographers to know where you're spending the night. They spent the night with some friends at a friend's apartment. They, you know, and, uh, you know, again, I would stress that, you know, Harry, you have taken it upon yourself to secure your family. You have said, I, I did this this shady book. I did a, I did six hours of Netflix 
because I needed to pay for the security of my family. Okay, you're taking on the responsibility of taking care of your family. Well, then you should have said to the Miss Foundation, yes, we're going to come accept this award. We're giving you hundreds of thousands of dollars, a free PR. Everyone in the world is going to be talking about you because Meghan Markle is going to be there. And in return, we want secure transportation. We want the nicest place to stay with a back entrance. We want, you know, heightened security. I mean, these are things that Harry should have worked out. You know, I had to answer questions yesterday from American media like should we and should should Harry and Meghan's safety be our responsibility because police officers and civilians were in jeopardy the other night? And I was like, no, because Harry said, I, I quit my job and I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to hire security. That's going to be my responsibility. So Harry should have been a done a better job the other night. Where was plan two? If plan uh, it is difficult to know, like the, the mayor of New York, um, Eric Adams, uh, it was interesting because we kind of got mixed messages from him. He said to reporters, look, it's reckless and irresponsible for people to chase people in vehicles in a densely populated city and, and was commenting on Harry and Meghan's words, saying it was uh, near catastrophic when it came to this pursuit. But then went on to say, I find it hard to believe there was a two hour high speed chase. Yeah. Um, but even an incident lasting 10 minutes could have been extremely dangerous. And and to me, this all just plays into there probably was a tussle. There probably was some roughhousing. There probably was some press that were acting in an irresponsible way, trying although to back, get better. Although Backgrid released a statement saying that they there were not. Backgrid pushed back. That's the photo agency that we, I mean, we that is constantly publishing pictures of the Sussexes to the point where it's become a royal watching joke. Oh, it's Backgrid, dial a pap. Megan or Harry must have made a phone call. It was Backgrid that released a statement saying that they refused to take any responsibility for it, that the only car that was driving erratically was Harry's SUV, which is why the police intervened and why they hopped into that taxi cab. Um, you know, Backgrid does not like this narrative. And, you know, you talk about kind of the flip-flopping from the mayor of New York, and I think... I think it might have been Bev Turner that said this to me, maybe, or I don't know, somebody said to me, like, how much of this do, do we excuse because of Diana? And I think a lot of people are just going, oh, we have to be super delicate about this situation because of Diana. But this is not the same situation. Diana was driving from point A to point B in the back seat without her seatbelt on, you know, when there was a drunk driver behind the wheel. Harry was sitting in the back seat without his seatbelt on, by the way, driving aimlessly to try to avoid four people taking his photograph. You know, at one point, TMZ reports that they were going 80 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour to avoid having your photo taken. You know, in the past, Ken Worth has talked about this a lot, about how they would they would strategize, okay, we're going to give you five minutes of photographs and you're going to leave us alone for the rest of the day. Harry knows the drill. Harry knows the, the thing drill. is, the, the, the thing is, I argued on, on TV again today, Yasmin Alibi-Brown, who was who I was on with, who's a staunch supporter of them and doesn't like the royal family. And, you know, I get on quite well with her off air, but she was furious with me because she was saying, look, you have to, just playing into what you were saying, you have to 
factor in like the PTSD of his mother and, you know, him talking about when he sees and hears flashbulbs, how triggering that is for him. Well, here's an idea. in the wrong line of work and you've chosen the wrong yeah, don't, don't go to an award ceremony. If you're worried that you're going to get packed, what on earth? You know, if, if they were out with their children for a walk or something like that and this was happening, I would actually have great sympathy for them. I Absolutely. genuinely would. Because there are scenarios where actually you're not courting press, but you go to an award ceremony, accept an award. So you go to an award ceremony and you refuse to do the carpet. If they would have done the carpet, all the photographers would have gotten the shots that they wanted or they needed, but they refused to do the carpet. They just did like private pictures on a, in front of a step and repeat. That's why there's only like three that exist. And they but it's, it's 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 interesting that when I've heard it being reported on TV as well, um, uh, that that it's believed that it's uh, that that it's believed they were in a a, uh, a high speed ca near catastrophic car chase. Well, yeah, it's believed to be believed to by be by whom then yeah, by the by the press then. release that Harry and Meghan sent to the media instead of filing a report with the NYPD the next morning like if you were really almost in a catastrophic accident wouldn't your first instinct be to report report the incident to the police and ensure that whoever you felt had harmed you or almost harmed you got in trouble their first instinct was to hold a press conference like that's mm -hmm. not it, it just falls into their whole victimhood narrative that they have found so lucrative over the last few years. And don't get me started on the pictures of them in the backseat of the cab with Megan grinning from ear to ear. And it's, it just doesn't make any sense, really. And I'll return to the original point. You know, here's an idea. If you don't want press interest, don't do interviews with Oprah Winfrey. You know, she's quite well known. Don't release an international best-selling book, trashing your family, thereby raising the interest in you. Um, you know, I had to respond to um, the, the the interview today about, um, you know, Harry talking to Tom Bradby about how he constantly fears he's going to end up being a single dad because history will repeat himself. And again, he gave that, that answer in an interview to promote his own book. So okay. here's an idea, withdraw from public life. Stop, stop prattling on, giving interviews, writing books, doing podcasts. I mean, that was what the award was apparently for with her, her, her sort of trailblazing about all of that sort of stuff. Stop doing Netflix documentaries. Stop doing all of that. And I'm telling you now, eventually people will leave you alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I had to answer one question yesterday and it was on live television and I just almost peed my pants but it was an older anchor and I you know I'm not it, he was in Washington DC and I wasn't going to make him look like he had bad information on his own show um but he was like Kinsey the cops were almost killed last night is it our responsibility to take care of Harry and Megan so we're in turn taking care of our police officers and our civilians. And I wanted to be like, the cops were not almost killed last night. This is the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. But it is amazing to me to watch the difference in the way that this story was handled in the UK or Australia 
versus in America. In America, they immediately started putting together packages about Princess Diana's death. They were they were so thirsty and hungry for this storyline. But in the UK, and in, I mean, even I'll say I'll say it, even a BBC producer called me at one point and was like, this sounds a little too much like Diana. I mean, you know, this it's interesting to me how America was just like, we're on it. We got this. This is too good to be true. And I'm not I, I'm not a political person at all, but I recently watched a video that Tucker Carlson posted after being fired from Fox, where he was like, the media does not show you everything. They show you just one side because they want you to turn the TV on. And yeah, they, it's, a, it's a story. It's a really good story. If I was a PR person, this would be the most amazing story that, you know, paparazzi chased. Oh, my word. I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, there's there's a tunnel in Brooklyn, isn't there? Um, well, I don't think that that I think the only way that, that they could get up to that speed, they'd have to be on this freeway, this this freeway. That no, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm surprised they didn't have them chasing the, 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 the perhaps have them chasing towards a tunnel that that shot would have been the best one going that they could have put around the world. Have them chasing into a, a, a tunnel. Hey, you know, you were talking about Diana a second ago and the American networks putting all of that together. Please share the story. Are you allowed to? Of the request you had for the rain uh, when it was raining in the run-up to the coronation what an american uh, network called you and asked you to talk about please talk about that somebody messaged me and they were like first of all yeah somebody messaged me and they said will you comment on the fact that people are saying that the rain that's coming is Diana's revenge or something? And I have no Diana's no, D D Diana's tears. Yeah, Diana's tears or something uh, like that. But it was definitely that the tone was definitely like Diana was getting her last word in, and I was like, um, I am going to pretend that I did not see this. I am very busy. There's a mouse in my hotel room. Yeah, you did have a mouse in your hotel room in London, and I can only apologize for the UK. But you know what? That's made me want to reach for my eight-hour cream. My oh. Diana inspired eight hour cream. Yeah, so yeah, we are skeptical when it comes to Harry and Meghan. I, I, I'm not skeptical that there was a bit of a tussle or a bit of, you know, as you get when you're leaving a big celebrity event, but I am certainly skeptical that it was anywhere near on the scale of Diana uh, and that there was this high speed, uh, catastrophic car chase. And I just think that, you know, are you surprised that there are going to be photographers when you are at an awards ceremony. Though something terrible happened to me the other day, Kinsey. I turned up to my television show and I found myself on television. I'm furious about it. I can't believe it. Oh yeah, I just, you know, to the, the the did you see the entrance to the award show? It was very unglamorous. It was in a, within a Hertz rental car um building. And so the oh, I saw that, yeah. And so the pictures of Megan getting there are very um, unglamorous because she's in this bright gold dress walking through a Hertz, which is like, oh. Um, and so it's really there's uh, there was obviously, Christo, some strategy put together as to how they could avoid the media that evening. But it's like you said, you know, if you're going to go, if you're going to try to do this for a living, go all out. Show up, take that award, talk to the red carpet, tell them why you deserve that award. The, the more that they close in and they and they they try to make things so difficult, they try to make access to them so difficult, the more they look like frauds. Because like we said before, or I, you know, I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like I said to you, I think last week, 
she, Megan got this award because of relationships she established. She is friends with Gloria Steinem. That doesn't mean that she is this feminist trailblazer. She has a she has a podcast that somebody else does the, the majority of the interviews with. Me, they just drop Megan's vocals over it. Um, you know, she has a podcast that has like 18 executive producers. Some of them worked for Oprah Winfrey. It's not Megan that's the trailblazer. Megan's just made really great contacts over the last few years. Yeah, and she's brilliant at doing that. You've got to, you've got to hand it to her. Um, but this is about a story. Um, did you see as well the Omid eyebrows? Uh, he also said that the royal family, no one has been in touch with Harry and Meghan since then. So again, this is Omid, their spokesperson, you know, perfect narrative to say, well, look, the royal family don't care about us. Look, there's another yeah, book been, in this. I was, I was asked about that this morning by Fox News and I responded, like Meghan didn't reach out to her father after his stroke. Like Meghan did not reach out to her father when, when we all learned that he was having to go to rehabilitation because he could not even communicate like an adult anymore. Like Meghan and Harry have not reached out to Thomas Markle since he's almost literally died several times since they've been together. I said, yeah, I don't have a problem with the royal family not reaching out to Harry and Meghan. They know Harry and Meghan. This reminds me of 2016 when Harry released that angry statement about Meghan Markle that kind of threw us all for a loop because we were like, we're not racist. Remember he's, he and, and William- Oh, absolutely. November 2016 was that statement where he said everyone's being racist towards her, racial yeah. undertones towards um, absolutely everything. But you're right, if we're getting into the benchmark of contacting family members who have gone through something traumatic, I'd say, you know, leaving a glamorous award ceremony in a $9,000 dress versus uh, actually having a stroke, I would say that probably contacting your father that's had a stroke and barely conscious um, and barely able to fend for himself is probably something that Meghan should do. And I guarantee you, if she had, we'd publicly hear about it because there isn't much about them that we don't publicly hear about. Right. And so I I just thought, you know, the, the royal family is highly um, familiar with Harry's anger and with Harry's reactive nature. I think that this is that Windsor rage we sometimes hear about, often contributed to Philip, Charles, and William. But I also think that this is a combination of the the the, the pursuit, however stressful it was. And the fact that the same night, a 29 year old man was arrested outside of Harry and Meghan's home in Montecito. He did not get in the house. He did not get past the entrance, but he was arrested almost immediately released on bail. And, and I don't know where the kids were. I imagine that they probably wanted to keep the kids close. I just can't imagine them leaving the kids in Montecito while they were in New York. But had the kids been in New York and Harry and Meghan were being chased on chased, quote unquote, chased on the other side of the country that had to have left Harry helpless, you might release an aggressive statement. I do think the statement is far more aggressive than than what actually happened. And, you know, I feel desperately sorry for them it, it, with the with the intruder trying to get into their mansion. I think that's absolutely terrible and 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 you know we should say that the other thing where i will defend them is that um we also need to bear in mind in their defense 
that they don't have actual official royal protection. I've always thought that's a mistake because Harry will always be a target, always. However mm. irritating he may be, however annoying he may be, however much he might be desperate for victimhood, um, the British government should protect him. He'll always be the son of a king. He served the uh, in the army. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's just very, very strange. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I shouldn't laugh, but I just... It's strange. It's I mean, just it's, strange. It's, I, I don't think it's unfair to say it's it's strange that this stuff is happening while Harry has multiple court court cases happening in the high court right now, trying to justify someone else putting the bill for his security. I think it's you know I think it's did it, the, did, 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 did the chase happen or was he on hallucinogens? Oh Jesus was yeah I don't know I don't think you can travel. Well, did, I mean, was he was he so doped up on mushrooms that you know I don't know there was someone walking past the car and he thought that they were getting in because you know he has got form. Remember the rubbish bin that spoke to him in spare. Remember when he started having a conversation with the moon and the moon answered back. I think in there I think there was a toilet or a trash bin in there too. Yeah 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 that was the, that was the, that was the pedal bin in Courtney Cox's bathroom oh, God. that spoke to him. That ties into as well the per perfect story, isn't it? Oh my god, a car chase! Oh my god, you know it's it's just like Diana. Oh my god, we're exactly the same. Yes. Um, you know they know they know the American networks will be all over that. Any mention of the comparison with Diana, and they will be all. I mean, over. literally within an hour, they were putting together packages about Diana's death. I was like mortified. I was like, I don't want to be on TV next to that. Because I knew pretty quickly, I mean, uh, you know, pretty quickly we have the NYPD saying, we have no idea what you're talking about. We're going to have to... We're gonna where are the photos? Well, where's the photos of this this this, this chase? Where are all the... the, the where's the video? Where's the video photos. of this terrible chase? Exactly. There's security video all over New York City. And all of the photos that the Sussexes ask that nobody use, which everybody's been actually pretty respectful in not using. But that's because there aren't any photos. It's like me asking, you know... Uh, stop comparing me to Brad Pitt. I demand people stop doing that. Well, oh, no one is. <laughs> the Daily Mail removed the pictures almost instantly. The, the all the pictures that they there were taken of the the quote unquote incident. They're at a standstill in in a taxi cab, or they're at a complete standstill because they didn't get any pictures of them in the, that dark SUV. The windows were blacked out. So all the pictures that do exist of them, they're at a standstill in a cab because there's no way to have a high-speed chase in New York unless you're in the movie called Die Hard. You know, so it's like interesting that like any of the pictures that do exist, they're just sitting there in a cab looking uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, it's, it's all very, very, very strange. And it's all very strange that this should happen while they're perfectly quaffed as well. And Megan is in an absolutely beautiful dress. And, uh, of course, uh, it's all a brilliant narrative. Look, we're going to have to continue uh, to, to keep an eye on this story. And uh, any, other, any other business on the royals? Of course, one, one thing we must do uh, is send our weekly, uh, well, monthly as it is at the moment, apology to Ngozi Falani, of course. Bless her heart. Um, Bless Ngozi. What 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 was I? I was thinking I wanted to say something to you a second ago. Um, oh, I did. I think I already did. That's that's where my brain is at. I was gonna say, yeah, you know, I talked to the to the um that astrologer about the royal family, and and she told me that Megan was Megan had was slowly starting to feel like she'd gotten everything out of Harry that she needed, power, money, and 
uh, uh, you know, inevitably, she says, Harry's not going to be of use to Meghan anymore. And she mm-hmm. told me she does see her pursuing political aspirations without Harry by her side. So that really surprised me. Um, and um, yeah, she, that I thought. Well, that that well I mean, what's telling about that, not again, you know, I would never be one to cast aspersions on the honesty of Matt, Harry and Meghan, would I? Never. Oh. But, but um, notice as well that the, the value that Harry brings to Meghan is the um, royal connection. But of course, Meghan didn't come to the coronation, arguably the biggest royal event of the century or one of them, because she knew that she would be probably booed and it would end up being terrible publicity. Right. So if that connection is waning, is there an argument to say that perhaps the, the, the mileage in their relationship is waning? And, you know, they used to kind of cling to each other at public events. Have you noticed the last few times they haven't done that? Yeah, this sort of strange. Well, I don't know whether that's just like guiding Harry along because he's so off his head. And then again, he's probably, you know, been at the mushrooms before he's at any kind of royal event or any other kind of event. Yeah, when he spoke to the UN, she's kind of clinging to him. I think maybe when he's the focus, well, I don't know, because when she was in that red outfit, the the couple a couple of days before the Queen died, when she was in the UK accepting that award, she was kind of clinging to him too. Um, I, it just does feel like she's walking significantly far in front of him lately, um, Do you know, she only, she only seems to leave the house to accept awards. It's not a bad life, is it? God, that's like every a- time we talk about a public appearance, it's because she's turning up to an, accept an award. God, I mean, I wonder if Cameron time. Diaz and I wonder if Cameron Diaz and and uh, 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 Gwyneth Paltrow had to had to offer an award for the sushi for yeah. to get her to the restaurant. We would like to. She's like PTA mom of Montecito PTA mom of. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, certainly wouldn't be daughter of the year. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, we'll talk again soon. You're going on vacay, right? I am next week, so we'll be back the week after next. We've got to do this more often, Kinsey. We've been absolutely dreadful. You're working too hard. So am I. We must be more regular because we get messages. Have you checked the email address even? I haven't. Oh, my God. I haven't even. I God, God knows who's yelling at us, though. They yell at, uh, lay out, they yell at us a lot in there, so... Yeah, I know we even had someone complaining about my background, saying that my head keeps disappearing into wow. the recesses of Buckingham Palace. That's why this one's only audio. We'll come back bigger and better with video uh, the next time, all right? I love it. I love it. Okay, I'll talk to you soon, Crystal. I'll see you on... Um, all right. Bye-bye from London. Yeah, bye-bye from LA. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to this to dieforedaily.com production. Cheers!